Hi, everyone. I'm Crystal, and I host the podcast Alternative Interests with my best friend, Elle. We're Washington natives that love true crime, the supernatural, and all things weird, dark, and spooky. Join us every week as we take turns sharing our own twists on the garbage humans that commit crimes or a paranormal story that we have been obsessing over. Whatever topic we cover, this show is sure to capture all of your alternative interests. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome, agents and new listeners. If you wish to stay up to date with the latest episodes or any news you might have missed, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram or join our Facebook page. If you'd like to join in or start in some discussions with other agents, we have a Discord server available to everyone. We also have our episodes up on YouTube, so please consider subscribing and share with your friends. Thank you for your time. Now let's get into this week's case file. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Files Obscura. I hope you guys had another wonderful week. We've had a lot of positive uh, news and potential updates going on behind the scenes, but certain things should probably remain a little hush-hush until we know for certain what they are. We have a little bit of a continuation this week uh, from from our discussion last week where we talked about the future. And so this week today we have joining us Vlad. Hey, how's it going? And we have Nathan this week. How's it going? Unfortunately, uh, Cece's not feeling a little too well. She's a little under the weather, so she's going to take the day and just try to recover. So we wish her the best. Um, but because today is just kind of a continuation from a general discussion, uh, it just kind of felt a little out of place to try to fit in another two truths and a lie. So we're not going to do that one today um, because most of the research that we cover, we've already covered, and it's just kind of an expansion of conversation. All right. Cool. You know, so you know, with everything going on too, especially in our personal lives right now. I mean, with you and I, Vlad, we live in Houston right now. We're dealing with uh, Laura, which is a category one hurricane right now. So see, I just found out about this like a few days ago. Oh, because that's when it was categorized a few days ago. I didn't know what the name of it was. I just knew like, well, there were two things there. There was, uh, Laura. And then I can't remember the other one off the top of my head right now, just because of everything going on. But there's two, there was a hurricane and a tropical storm, which were getting very, very close to each other. Mm -hmm. And so uh, a lot of people were, were getting, you know, scared and everything. And so there were, there was news articles popping up about the Fujiwara effect, which is when two uh, cyclones collide into each other, what happens there? Uh, I believe it's like, it's only popped up twice in uh, history. Are you sure it wasn't three of them? I'm sure it was only two. But uh, I, I, at the same time, I don't, I didn't do my research on it because I didn't want to look into weather phenomena just yet. Because there's a lot of fun ones that uh, I, I've looked into just that have popped up throughout research and stuff like that. But for the most part, it was nothing that I felt really pertained to, to, to a particular episode. So yeah. it just didn't feel worth it putting it in. Oh, um, category three. It's category three now? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah, that's, well, no, that's not nice. What am I saying yet? That's horrible. I mean, granted, I, we've been here long enough. I'm used to hurricane season at this point, but it's just every year it's terrible, you know, because we, where we live, we're pretty much the drainage point of, of the city. So that's why, like, we get a little bit of flood water a little bit longer. So it's just, it, it, it's a thing, you know, but her, like I said, hurricane seasons are normal. Hurricane seasons are forever i guess here in texas but 
you know, that's that's really all we got to worry about today. I'm just glad that the call is going through because I was really afraid that due to the weather, we would not be able to record today. But with good gracious, so far, it's not raining. You know, we had a, what, like a little sprinkle earlier. Uh, yesterday, yeah, we had a bit of a sprinkle, but I mean, it could be. It could be uh, I mean, one day, no, it's definitely going to get much worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I know some people on the West Coast are freaking out a little bit about it, too, but I don't think you get really affected by anything, do you, Nathan? Because you're all the way up in Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah, there's not really much to worry about. Yeah, I think whenever I was up in Illinois, we didn't really have much to worry about as far as weather during mm-hmm. this time of year. But, um, but yeah, just uh, I guess just jump into the episode. You yeah. know, last week we we talked about, you know, some hypothetical potentials with you know technology and what they could mean down the line you know not not just you know a couple years down the line like i think some people were were, uh talking about because i I went back and read some comments about uh some people um who i was just like talking with on reddit and stuff like that and some people not a lot but a small number was talking about how like it's just a vain amount of hope uh, about you know how we were talking about the future and, and i wouldn't necessarily say it's vain because i guess people were thinking short-term future like in the next two three years whereas when i talk about the future i talk i want to think about a generation past me you know when i when we brought all this up yet uh, last week I, I figured this would be stuff that's really only become mainstream whenever i'm already a senior citizen you know, because technology takes time to become well-established, you know. Yes, it may exist, but there's always going to be legislation. There's going to be pushback. There's going to be people who don't want to adopt it, you know. There, there's going to be all kinds of reasons things take forever to become a thing. But in my opinion, a lot of these technologies are going to be inevitable, especially whenever you see all the benefits that they can provide. Um, like, with just being able, like, when we talk about solid-state batteries, like, just being able to have a better way to store energy you know that is going to last us longer it's cheaper to produce you're going to be able to you know store energy in a more efficient manager uh manager in a, in a more efficient manner and be able to more uh, more easily distribute it you know in, in theory powering the world a little better you know so whenever you're able to increase your your uh, potential storage for energy your ability to create and produce goes up. You yeah. know, it's just a common trend in any society. Yeah, of course, I feel like for most people, the most important thing when it comes to like technology that could possibly impact their lives in the future is how convenient is it? How easy to store is it? How easy to like, like it's all about ease of use and yeah. ease of access. I mean, that's why some of the stuff doesn't pick up until, like, we can make it smaller and easier to carry, like... <laughs> like our cell phones. I mean, yep. the original cell phone was a brick. Yep. Like, like almost literally. That's why we nicknamed it that. It, it, it's crazy to think, you know, just how fast, you know, technology just keeps evolving, you know, year after year after year. I mean, hell, I, my mom is the type of person that she'll hold on to every cell phone she's ever owned, and she keeps it in these little plastic you know tubs and the cell phones at this point are virtually worthless yeah but she's always held on to them all the chargers and everything so needless to say i'm never without a charger at home <laughs> but the funny part about this is that i i go and look into it once in a while i remember the other day i grabbed one of the iphones that my mom has out there my mom 
at first, like for the first three or four generations of the iPhone, I always had an iPhone. Then she switched back to Samsung, and then she's pretty much stuck with that ever since. Yeah. But I remember when my mom got the first iPhone, and I held it in my hand, and it was so thick, so heavy. And I remember how small the storage was, how basic it felt compared to my brother's current iPhone. And I just, and, and you know, I'm thinking back, like this wasn't that long ago, like. My brothers and my mom, you know, were really into photography for a time, and my mom also keeps all of her old photographs and everything, you know, her old cameras uh, in a big top, in a big one of those uh, storage uh, plastic containers. Yeah. And I remember seeing her camera and just thinking, like, this is still a really good camera, you know, compared to today's standard, but this camera is older than I am. Yeah. You know, this camera has more history than I have life on this earth, and. You compare it to what the cell phone can do now, and it's just like, if you take that same span of 25 years from cell phones now to that camera when I was born, and you apply that 25 year span, you know, in the past, it didn't develop anywhere near as fast, you know, technology. Uh, so when you when you think about how fast and rapidly technology evolves, it, it's just mind blowing to speak because it, it's not logarithmic or it's not a linear, it's logarithmic which means it just constantly gets faster and faster and faster yeah you know in in this sense so it, it with the problem with this you know comes to the dark side of technology which is human nature you know the, the problem with their legislation the problems with people using power um exploitation of, of, of weaknesses with software and everything is really big in hacking um which is a common trope of fear that you'll find in a lot of science fiction writing and, yeah, and it's even in modern life the you know hacking i mean not so long ago we had a great uh, twitter hack you know it was all over the news about all these celebrities you know who were sending out the same message um and it was a way to get into people's uh, certain account i can't remember but basically all the people on twitter who had a verified check mark were unable to post for 24 hours because that's how these hackers were exploiting people mm-hmm. but it was using those types of accounts so all your favorite celebrities couldn't uh tweet out or anything yeah i saw that it was pretty funny yeah but it's also terrifying to see how easy that was you know because if you i don't personally use twitter much except for the podcast um, but i have been trying to use it more and more and just seeing how easy it is to just get trapped in the conversation and, and free thoughts that people have on Twitter, you know, you don't think much of it, but there are those, you know, posts every once in a while that you'll see and you're just like, uh, yeah, I want to, I, I want to know more about this. So if they give you a question or, or something or a link and what, it's one of your favorite celebrities that you follow and you engage with all you the don't time, you don't question it. You don't. Yeah. And you just become, you know, like a, a, a council of the slaughterhouse kind of extreme example but you you follow where you're told to go because you don't question i think well i mean partially it's just because because it's a verified account you kind of expect it to be legitimate so whenever a hacker gets into it it's like that's unexpected you know nobody really sees that i mean yeah of course not but that's that's why it's important to be vigilant yeah you know it's important to stay aware of, of what's going on around you uh, and, and everything online it's important to understand that you will never 100 percent know what's on the other side of the computer yeah you know so it, it's very easy to exploit it especially with uh, 
you know, older generations who aren't as aware and even some who are so stubborn that they don't want to, you know, learn technology. I know I have friends whose grandparents don't even have an email address because they refuse to learn anything about technology in this day and age. They, they have like a, a phone that's seven, eight years out of date and they stick with it because that's all they need because they only call. They don't even text, you know. So what do they need to, you know, the, the latest and greatest for? Yeah. You know, but the problem is, is that level of ignorance, you know, it still is prevalent in our generation too, but not to that extent, but it leads to so much exploitable opportunities, you know, and I think that's why hacking is such a big trope. I mean, look at our video games. Uh, the next, you know, big game that I saw coming out that I'm actually really, you know, and ready for is uh, Watch Dogs Legion. And the whole Watchdog franchise is based around hacking and exploiting weaknesses in, in your surroundings to yeah. do any number of crimes, you know? I mean, the first game is, is you hacking a, ho a hotel, which is owned by a criminal boss, to get his money. Yeah. When that messes up, you go on a revenge campaign after, you know, spoilers, your niece dies. Yeah. So you use this technology and just hack your, your city you know, you exploit, you, you explode transformers and cars, you hack bank accounts, you listen in on people's conversation. And these are things that happen in real life. See, that's not where I thought you were going to go with when you brought up video games. I thought we were going to talk about the fact that uh, people make these very expensive, you know, uh, multiplayer video games, but they still get exploited online. Like, you can still, like, there's... No, 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 like that. But, I mean, that kind of leads into, to, you know, some other conversation I wanted to have a little bit later on. Uh, you know, about just the culture of, of people online and, you know, just where hacking originated, you know, just hacking for the lulls. I mean, hell, even I walk, there, there's a game out right now called Fall Guys. Amazing. It's fun. It's, it's a platformer. There's hackers it, on it, PC. There are, there are immediately, like one of the first uh, videos I saw online, there was a guy who edited his name to just say shit in big, big red letters. And then whenever you, you know, you there, there's a, a screen that you go to at the end of each, you know, level that you play or map that you play on, and it shows you who got eliminated or whatnot. But when you get to the screen, it just in big block letters on the side just said shit. And you know, like that's a funny, funny example of just hacking through the walls. But at the same time, it's like what he's doing to exploit this could potentially be used for other things. I am not someone who understands, you know, software. I'm not someone who understands computers. So I'm not the person you want to listen to about it. But I am aware of the possibilities of things uh, going wrong if somebody knows how to get into it. My father is a software technician. I have learned some valuable lessons from him when he got, like, when he got me my first laptop. You know what the first thing this man did? First thing this man did was send me anonymous messages that popped up on my laptop whenever I was browsing my YouTube and stuff like that. When he was in his office and he knew I was on my laptop, because you know, he'd go to the kitchen or whatever and just see me on it. He would go to his computer and set and just send me messages that I could not figure out. And he would he would be like, um, send, sending stuff like, you know, how's the couch and everything? Or did you clean up your mess and stuff like that? I'm like, who is doing this? You like, I'm losing it. Yeah. My dad, and then I, obviously I found my dad just sitting there laughing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, he could have done that and been someone else and send me ransom notes, you know? Or he could have done that and seen all the information that's on my computer 
and see what I store on it. You know, when yeah. you got all these programs that you can have now, these plugins to save all your uh, login information, your bank information, your any, you know, online IDs that you have, all your alt accounts, you know, stuff like that. If somebody gets into it and you can see that you have lost the anonymity and you have that. So, um, I'm pretty, I, I think the most impressive thing about all this though is the fact that nobody is really to like learn a good hack. No, nobody is. I mean, I mean, I think the best example we have of this is like so the Sony hacks. Yes, 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 absolutely. I mean, they have been bad in like the past decade. They've had like three or four last decade at least, haven't they? Uh, they, they they've had a few. They, they had, they've definitely had more than like two of them. Yeah, I know the big, the really big, like Pascal and all these like head yeah yeah it's, it's it's terrible because of how it uh, affects everyone because if if these people's information is taken you got to realize all the all the information that they are responsible for because of all the you know, license agreement and everything. yeah this happened back in uh, 2014 that's the one i'm thinking about yeah yeah, that one rings a bell. But then you have, you know, an old one, you know, exploitation of people's, you know, work. You know, it's a big thing online with uh, people's uh, content and people's music, especially. I mean, it was a big thing in the 90s when people were using Napster and stuff to rip off and, you know, illegally download music. I mean, and, and today you have, you know, a similar argument people are using illegally using music in, in people's videos and other projects. Uh, I don't remember where I heard about this, but I know there was like a musician who posted stuff on SoundCloud and he was working on something. And somebody, somebody, um, I guess, hacked his computer or something and sent out uh, his album early before it was even finished. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even done. People liked it, but he was so disappointed and so angered about it because. He worked so hard on that, and people got to see. Oh, they were listening to an unfinished version. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to remember what the name of the artist was. But... I don't know. Like you, you take a second to think about that one. I mean, you got any input on this one, Nathan? Because like, when it comes to people's you know creative works being taken uh, illegally online and stuff like that, especially in this day and age, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've, I've always had kind of like a divided opinion because, because on one hand, it's like you know, yeah, you know, you, uh, you know, like, you know, le- le- leaking stuff is obviously not cool, especially if it's like an unfinished pro- project. It's not yours to release to the world, and it's not, you know, released in the form that it's meant to be released in. So, um, that, that, that is super frustrating. But then, like, but, you know, like, like, like with, with things like, 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 like Napster and stuff, you know, with, with some, you know, kid in high school, like, you know, just, just downloading a song, you know, and getting in trouble for that. I don't, I don't know about all that. But I mean, on the other hand, you know, uh, I, I, I definitely think that the, uh, the Napster debate, uh, has a lot of validity now because now you have things like Spotify and, you know, a lot of other things like that where, um, you know, uh, some some artists I don't I don't I'm not gonna name names with but some artists have spoken out and said that they've been getting gypped so to speak you know like you know they'll 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 they only get paid a couple of they'll, they'll get paid like 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 a fraction, like a of, fraction of what they would actually be out from people downloading and playing all their music 
Well, 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 like you know, not just that, but all, but also you know, a lot of the sh- a lot of people who rely on streaming services to make a lot of revenue and stuff. You know, you only get a fraction of a cent for every you know stream. You know, and you know, uh, it's uh, it it can be kind of difficult and frustrating to uh, you know put your stuff on online and see you're getting all these views and stuff, but you're not getting any uh, any money off of it. You know, there, uh, there, there, there definitely does need to be some kind of reform with, with that, with, you know, getting artists to get paid fairly while also not, you know, throwing the book at people who, uh, you know, uh, stream or download stuff. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I feel like there's got a, I feel like there's a lot of work to be done in that, uh, in that field. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, but then this kind of this kind of argument kind of t- uh, transforms whenever uh, you you kind of apply it to something else. Because for me, um, kind of a weird segue, but it's going to circle back. I, I swear, um, I'm very big on, on guns, which may not seem like that if you know me personally. As you know, uh, I don't come across a, as you know as anybody who would be like an aggressive right wing type, which I'm not. But I mean, to kind of put things in perspective, my first job was working at a gun range. So I'm, I'm very well informed, you know, to a degree how guns work, gun safety and, and basics of how not to get shot, you know, how not to accidentally hurt yourself or somebody, um, you know, just standard what everyone should, what I believe everyone should know. Gun arguments aside, one thing that kind of was big, you know, over the years for me was when, when like when 3D printing became really big because, you know, it was this whole new and novel idea. Um, I remember a lot of people bringing up arguments about, you know, now the argument about downloading, you know, music has transformed into downloading other projects, things that you can physically make now, you know. And this goes into arguments about having open source content and, you know, having, you know, private content and stuff like that. Um, but then comes con- uh, questions like you wouldn't download a house or like, it, I'm trying to remember those little, uh, like FBI advertisements oh, they know, used to have. Yeah, it's like you wouldn't download a house. Yeah, it's, like, it's like you wouldn't buy a house, you wouldn't steal this, like, you know, uh, Piracy yeah, like, yeah, so why would you steal this movie or, or music or something like that? Yeah. The basic gist is if, if you're not going to steal some intellectual property like music or artwork, you know, it, it, or it, it, you wouldn't do that because you want to steal somebody else's property because that's what it boils down to. Yeah. It's just yeah. stealing something no matter what it is. But now you have this conversation about open source content and being able to 3D print somebody's design because it was their idea. You come into the, uh, the conversation about illegally downloading their their ideas their work you know if if they if they openly make it open source that that there's no conversation there i mean it's mutually accepted that it's for everyone yeah but then you know there are i don't know how big of an argument this is but then uh, the reason i was bringing up the guns was because you have moral questions that people bring up because there was a um a company based out on dallas i believe it was it was um it was def- I think it was called Defensive Arms Company, but I'm not sure. And they were really big in the news for, for a minute because they were the first company to 3D print a plastic prototype pistol as a proof of concept and prove you can 3D print a gun. And that made big news because if you can 3D print a gun 
any kid can download this. That was the running theory. It's like, yeah. if it's an open source project, anybody can download this, any kid can download this. And especially with America, when you have mass shootings going on, you know, unfortunately you hear them so often every year now, you run into this question of, you're just now making it easy for anybody, anybody to do this, any kid, any adult, anybody of any range. You know, everybody's like, was afraid of uh, teen suicide rates going up you know, mass shootings and terrorist attacks, because now anybody could get this. I mean, this conversation spiraled into so much chaos. Yeah. Here's a problem. You got to also understand and have an intricate understanding of material strength uh, and um, people at, at core of it, because not everyone's going to do that. And not everyone also has access to 3D printed uh, print technology. I mean, there are maker spaces that you can go to in larger cities where you can, you know, pay to have, you know, a 3D design, you know, printed up and everything. But of course, they're going to monitor what, what you're doing. If you own your own 3D printer, you're not going to find, or, or you're not going to have an easy time finding open source models of illegal items. You're not. You're going to find people creating all kinds of funny works or personal things like doorknobs and stuff like that for stuff that they need. You know, you're, you're going to find artists, you're going to find engineers, you're not going to find terrorists doing this. It's yeah. just not humans. Humans naturally, you know, to a degree, we want what's best, we want to create, we just want to grow and do our own thing. You know, so yes, there are those people who will dip into this darker side, but there are also the people who I believe, you know, are going to find a way to do this irregardless. You know, there's all kinds of schematics to make guns or that you can find in all kinds of like anar anarchist cookbooks and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's the technology is out there, the ability is out there, but this does make things easier because I have also seen videos of people metal 3D printing guns. Mm -hmm. And these guns, you know, are the exact, you know, model tied to uh, the video I saw was for the Colts M1911. And it fired, you know, without fail, you know, yeah. and it, it is impressive. But you, but not everyone's gonna have a metal 3D printer. Yeah, that's the thing. You're gonna have a plastic one, obviously. That yeah. one's gonna be commercially available. Or, but you're not. But you're only gonna find like metal ones in like industrial applications. You're gonna find these with massive like steel working companies or something like that. Well, that's the thing about 3D printing. I, I think it's still a niche kind of. Oh, well, not even that. I, I feel like it's too much work for most people. Well, you can't like 3D printing a gun is not as easy as it sounds. 3D printing anything. Because there's all this work that goes into it, like, oh, you got to make sure the pieces fit. Like, you can't just, it's not going to come out whole. You can't just like, oh, I printed it, let me pick it out, let me use it. You got to like get all the pieces together. You got to put them, you know, sand it's it down. It's really not as much work as you think. Wait, really? I'm dead serious. Like, you're telling me that all the mechanisms are working on the inside when it prints out. I mean, or, or I mean, I'm, I know you still have to put it together. I mean, yes, you do. Oh, no, there, 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 there is, there is definitely a, uh, there, there is definitely an art form to it. We have uh, at, at our house, we actually have a 3D printer, and, and I can't tell you how many times we've had to redo things. You know, it's all, it's all about trial. And I mean, error. it is trial and error, but exact to just three because, but, but with just what you're saying, to be able to print, get the parts, and put it together to make an assembled piece. That is not hard. It is actually much, much easier now with 3D technology. Yes, however, because you gotta understand materials and, and you're, you're gonna have to understand your measurements and input them into the computer, it's going to be trial and error, yeah. you know, and it's going to be, you know, you may have to a few times because the structure wasn't supported enough and it just didn't print right. 
It also depends on which type of 3D printing you're doing. So there's like three or four different ways to do it now. I mean, there's yeah. one with ultrasound that I saw, or uh, not ultrasound, um, uh, ultraviolet light. Uh, so there, there, it, it really depends on how you're doing it and in your understanding of, of the technology. Because yes, it, it is still seemingly a niche thing, but every year technology improves. Every year technology becomes more user friendly. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before this is just commonplace. You'll see it in schools, businesses, etc. Oh, I mean, I mean, you're, you're yeah. already, you know, I, I mean, we had one at our high school, so yeah, like I, I, I know that about it. I think it's going to be commonplace. You know, give it a few. Yeah, years. I, mean, I, 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 I think, I think for now, time is on our side. I feel like we have time to not only improve the technology, but improve how we use it and how we regulate it. You know, but uh, we are going to get to the point at some point in the future where, you know, uh, where 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 three printing is, is is so much easier and so much more common and so much more you know inexpensive to where you know uh to where it will be a problem if we don't work on it you know what i mean yeah yeah and i, I think 3d printing has a lot can do a lot more good than bad that's, yeah that's the most important thing about all this though is that we have to keep in mind this could help so many people out just in their everyday life mm-hmm. i mean and well you also have you know everything else uh like wonder materials that make all this technology improve quicker you know, that's ultimately what drives things faster, like I said, with the uh, solid state battery, you know, being able to increase your, you know, your energy uh, uh, storage abilities. When you apply this to to, um, to technologies like 3D printing, which could in theory, you know, and in some cases are, you know, portable. Um, you, uh, One thing I believe we might have brushed on in a, in a previous episode, I'm not sure we talked about it in the last episode, was uh, you know military applications, which is always a, a big growing concern, no matter what conversation you're having, whether it's economics, uh, engineering, uh, political, military might is always a question, especially here in America. It's oh, yeah. pretty much one of our staple exports of the military. Um, but you know, one thing that came to mind was like with the widespread use now of drones and 3D printed technology, you know, I was interested how that affected the military uh, as well, coming from a military family. Um, and I was interested to find some things out about how they're using it uh, there in their applications, um, because it, it's really changed the way that we actually look at war now. You know, throughout history, we, we've had, you know, systems that have evolved as things have gotten better you know when you look back you know middle ages and when people are still using swords and, and bows and arrows and crossbows you had a lot of long formations of people not really going anywhere because I mean, so long you load ammo you know you only have so far a range it just made more sense to have more people and just wait it out then when you have the invention of guns you know you can really divide up and have smaller formations that are used to move out but then you stick with old-fashioned mentality of these, you know, small, you know, squads, uh, you run into issues of whenever, like with the American Revolution, when we use guerrilla tactics, which really changed everything up because we're implementing, you know, a, a gun in a new way that's more sporadic and harder to hit targets because you're, when you're walking around, you know, one unit rolling, trying to show your might, you make yourself one massive city target. You know, then you have the, you know, inventions of like uh, mustard gas by, you know, biplanes that would fly in the air, tanks, all these evolving into World War One. You know, this would change how we, you know, do warfare. A lot of people then move to trenches, you know, as a way to save themselves from mortar shells and uh, plane strikes and everything. You know, so you don't have, you know, single file lines that are marching through to set up for, for an attack. You have just people dug in trying to wait out the other side. 
So now whenever you look at te uh, technology as it constantly has evolved, I mean, of course, there's a lot more stages and everything, a lot more minute things that have changed over the years. But when you look at how technology is applied now, um, it really has diversified your uh, uh, military's way of thinking how to do things. Because instead of having a linear thought process when it comes to war, it's like finding out what the enemy has through reconnaissance, then it comes to getting the right supplies and people, making your uh, making your plan uh, with your battalion, executing said plan, hopefully you win, that's the goal. That linear thought process is now thrown out the window. As you have drone technology, you have advanced AIs that shows you that can show you problem statistics and understand land geography and stuff like that that you can use with your drone. You have 3D printed technology that can give you tools that you can build on the spot. Uh, you, you increase your possibilities and anytime something changes on the battlefield, you'll be able to adapt and move on. So you're no longer working in a linear thought process. You're working in a, in a, a net almost that is constantly evolving, that you can choose different paths depending and your, your options open up, which um, I believe the tactic, I believe they call this was like mosaic combat. Because if you were to map it out, it would look like a mosaic pattern. And if one uh, option failed, you would be able to take out that one line and then the rest of it still looks the same because you have other outlets and options to look through. So it just allows you to be quicker, more dynamic and more effective because of this kind of technology. But then, you know, if that possibility is available, when you talk about all the riots that are going on around the world, how does civilian lives play into effect this? Because we've seen everywhere, all kinds of countries that use their military on their citizens all the, the the coups that we've had in the last you know 100 years you know in political uprisings if they had this kind of technology then how would things have changed because as we're seeing it now i'm only asking myself how are we going to use today's technology to fight the fights that we see or how is it going to be used against us you know these are constant questions because like i said technology is a double-sided sword it could be helpful but it can be hurtful you know, it just depends on how we use it. I think the military usually is a little more ahead when it first turns. You know, whenever, whenever it comes to technology, are they like always the first to get it, or some, some of the first people to get it? Of course, yeah, of course. Um, but with Americans' ideology with the military and technology, you know, the idea being that the military has to have the best, you know, to stay alive, to stay on top. Uh, for our common good. I mean, like, I get the theory, I get the mindset, um, but we have taken it to the most logical extreme at this point, and it's becoming a detriment, in my opinion. It, it's really hurting us because we're not focusing on all the other things, all the other good we can do with what we have. Exactly. With all this money and technology that's going into the military, I mean, the military needs money and technology, but I think the everyday person at this point, at this point in time, probably needs that money and technology more than the military does. Because right now, the battles we're fighting as a society aren't happening in the battlefield. They're happening here, yes. at home, and like in houses, people are getting sick, people are like, I mean, I'm just thinking like, if all this money that's being, all, all this stuff that's being like funneled into, into the military was distributed a little bit over here, like, yeah. think about how much how much better we'd be doing as a whole. Yeah. I, I mean, with wealth distribution and, and, you know, just talking about general politics and the fiasco that we're going on, that we're dealing with right here in America, it's just, 
it's it's a big rabbit hole worth its own discussion but at the same time you know as political as i like to get it's probably not a good idea to get that political yeah i just i just think that it'd be great hospitals you know had just as much technology and oh it'd be fantastic i mean because as as a positive side of the point i mean going back to 3d technology i mean people have been able to 3d print organs and and vests and blood vessels and, and stuff like that as you know, prototypes. I mean, these are yeah. as far from the videos I saw, which were five, six years old at this point. They were just, uh, they were made of inactive cells, so they couldn't actually do anything. But it proved that it was possible. And with enough, you know, tweaks and improvements to the technology, we'd be able to print whole organs, you know, that would be compatible with people in theory. I mean, this is great. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about getting donors anymore if this, you know, became a widespread thing. We can just print the organ and fine. Um, but at the same time, what if legislation, you know, for some reason says this isn't good? Well, then you open up a black market trade because if you ever deny society of something, they're going to find a way to get it. Yeah. And they're going to find a way to get it cheaper. You know, so it, it, it's just, it, it's crazy the things that we choose not to adopt and the things that we choose to adopt. And it's crazy the hypocrisy that we have, like, you know, when we're talking about politics, a big, big thing, um, you know, with AI technology and the information that we leave on the internet um, leaves us vulnerable and exploitable, like I was saying earlier about our um, uh, our obliviousness uh, to not being aware of what we leave online, like the older generation who doesn't want to learn uh, th- those members who don't want to learn how to work with, st- with today's technology and those who are in our current generation who also don't want to learn technology, they leave themselves vulnerable and easily swayed. We saw uh, basically blatant theft of our uh, U.S. elections in 2016 with uh, when Cambridge Analytica, you know, became big news, you know, because they were the uh, company behind the uh, Trump administration winning the election because of their search algorithms that they were able to send out uh, uh, enough advertisements to the right people on Facebook to sway voters in the right direction. Oh, dude, you're still seeing that shit happen now. Exactly. Uh, well, dude, YouTube, but, YouTube ads. Have you seen it? I, yeah. Oh, trust me, I know. But I'm, I'm, but like, I'm, when you use this exploitation, you, you, you're basically commanding a bunch of people. Which is the the dystopian nightmare of cyberpunk as a whole is just the complete systematic breakdown of society because of the use and exploitation of technology, you know, to suppress these people. You know, the thing is, is in the 90s when we looked at it, we imagined it to be dark and gritty and, and, you know, just horrible, you know, but it's still horrible, but it's now we cover it with clean-cut images and, you know, nice-dressed-looking people in our advertisements to to not let us see the truth. We get distracted with it because it looks clean and pretty and simple, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think we, we need a bit of that dirt. We need a bit of that reality, you know. We need to be aware of this, you know. It's, it's not going to be easy to try to change people. I know that. But I think it's worth the effort because this is... This is ridiculous, you know. We managed to live straight into a lot of people's worst fears about the future. And so many people who claim to be afraid of this are the ones rooting for it. And it blows my mind. Blows my mind. You know, you, you I see online on Facebook all the time about people commenting about uh, 
you know, Trump supporters and people who said, like, if they ever saw a tyrannical government, you know, descend the way that we are currently seeing it have just devolved into madness, you know, that they would be the ones to step up and rise up. And I've seen so many people call these people out, you know, screenshotting posts that they made from like four or five years ago, claiming such things, bring it to the people's attention. And then, of course, the people don't comment or they just start more forest fires online, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, because that to me, you know, just shows how easy people have been swayed. If you can change someone's opinion that quickly, they never had an opinion. They had your words, they had your voice that you told them to say. Mm. You know, that's all it is because people have stopped thinking for themselves. I mean, have you ever wondered why Twitter only lets you type so many characters? Because most people use that as a measure of how far they'll allow their thought process to go, you know? To an extent, that's what you know. I've seen a lot of people say online, but Twitter has its own conspiracies and certain radicals. I don't know. I but just... I mean, it is an interesting thing to think about that you have, like Facebook doesn't do that, but Twitter is like the second most popular social media service out there, and it, and it's the only one that I know of that limits your character count. Well, I okay, so um, I think the reason Twitter does that though is mostly just to keep the page looking cleaner. Uh, on top of that. Why? But, still, yeah. they, but on top of that, they still let you make threads, which is how you expand your character yes. account. Yes, I know. Which I, I mean, I actually kind of like that because I would rather watch like tweets. Yes, they're short, and yes, you can do threads, which is great. Uh, I prefer that over Facebook and just having paragraphs and paragraphs, people putting whole books. But like, but again, the question is, how does that affect people's understanding of this? Because yes, that's what you can do. But how does it, in practice, affect the majority on a whole? I just don't. I just don't think if people are going on the internet to look for like meaningful conversations, Twitter is not the best place to go. You go. But, but that's the point. The internet was supposed to be a place where we have information and has devolved into distractions upon distractions upon distractions. And over the years, our thought processes have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. You look at blog posts over the years, and in you know the early '90s and 2000s, you know people have personality and vibrancy and they would put all kinds of crap on the internet. Yes, for sure. But you can tell there was a genuineness to it. And now it seems like we've dumbed down. This is what I'm saying it, it is, you know, kind of, you know, the current point that we're at, you know, is that it's just an example is that people have limited it down to uh, X amount of characters because they see no need for it to be longer. I think, and, I think people just turn whatever they want into whatever they want. I mean, okay. Twitter, let's say it began as a, a, a simple website where people just post what's going on in their everyday life. You don't need that many characters to do it. If you have more characters, I mean, then it would be a whole different thing. I think it's an interesting approach to social media whenever you limit a person's ability to say something because with any bit of artwork, and I'm not saying your, your Twitter posts are artwork, I'm saying it's, I mean, it's well, kind of I mean, like, they can be when you talk about accounts like the Sun Vanished or something like that. Well, I also think about the stuff like Instagram. Instagram has a limit as well, not a character limit. It has a picture limit. You can only look through, you know, you can look yeah, they have a, a square. They have the square, which is well, it's still weird to me, but, but I, mean, I guess I got it. But I think it's it's the same approach. Okay, so the limited character count, which is actually bigger than it used to be a few years ago. Yes, I, I do know that because they doubled it, what, like last year or so? Mm -hmm. Um. The limited character count, I kind of see it as the same way as you, you would look at the square on Instagram, where it makes the page look cleaner, um, and you have to kind of, oh, it's like, it's like, how much information can I put in the square? How much information can I put in, these, in this character count? 
But here's the thing, though. Um, there are people who go on Twitter and they make big, massive statements, and people like Donald Trump, who can say a lot with a little, because that's what I think Twitter was meant to do. And at, yes, how much can you say with a limited character? Um, anyways, I, I'm, I'm, you're right. I think now I think if you want a more meaningful conversation on the internet, you don't go to Twitter. Well, I, yeah. well, I know that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying that that is the byproduct of what overall uh, my yeah. argument was. Yeah, you're right. I think, but like I said, there are websites that are designed for that. Like Reddit is. Yes, of course. And I, I love Reddit. Reddit has been like I for years. I actually avoided Reddit. And I don't know why. I don't know why I just felt this need to never go on it. But about five, six years ago, I created an account. Still never went on it. Yeah. And in this past couple years. Before the I started the podcast, um, I would get on it and just I started going to different subreddits and just engaging with people. And I was like, holy crap, because I was just blown away about all the extra content and, and conversations I was able to have with people about things and just just divulge and, and go down all kinds of rabbit hole conversations, you know, stuff I love doing, you know, just as a talkative guy, yep. you know, and, and it just it brought something that I felt like the internet needed. And, and granted, you're, you're right. You know, if you want that kind of level of deep conversation, it is out there. There are sites out there. There are forums out there for the things you want to talk about. If there's a forum for anything out there on the internet. I get it. My point is, it's just, it feels like due to the ease and access of everything, we have allowed ourselves to become feeble-minded to a degree. And we accept the simplicity because it takes the work out of us. You know, comfort does not bring greatness, in my opinion. It takes being challenged. So having, you know, an easy platform to just communicate simplest of thoughts, you know, allows this mentality for me uh, to not be in an environment where I'm challenged. You know, I'm left in a, in a situation where I'm comforted and therefore I don't want to leave. Well, I, I, I don't think Twitter is exactly the most comforting platform either because I well, said, I, I, well, I don't mean like emotionally. I just mean I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have the right amount of words to convey exactly what I'm uh, what I'm thinking. But long story short, it, it's not like an emotional thing uh, of comfort. It, it, it's um, ease of ability, I guess. You know, it's just so easy to write. You know, a simple tweet just to get that one frustration out, and then you can ignore the internet. It's so easy to do that because yes, there is chaos that that blows up on on Twitter and stuff like that. But at the same time, you also have the option to not look at it. Go to a different social media platform. Well, like I said, I think Twitter is mostly about the integrity of life. Uh, from what I from what I see, I'm on. I mean, that, that's I a mean, lot of what people use it for. Yeah, I'm on it a lot more often, and people like depending on who you are, a lot of people post it. Yeah. Say, yeah. Hey, here's a link to a blog post that I just made, or here's a link to this. Sometimes they post artwork. They're like, hey, here's four pieces of artwork that I'm working on. Let me show it to you. Yeah. Um, and that, like, you don't need to write a whole paragraph about it. I, I, I don't have to. I just put my art up there and I give people a short explanation. Like, hey, this is what it is. Um, but I, like, you're right. If you want a deep conversation, if you want more conversation, uh, usually Twitter isn't the place to go, but sometimes it might be. Because it kind of depends on what you're trying to convey to people. It, it might be a simple idea. So, something like, mm, let's say you go on Twitter and you just ask a question. And, and your question isn't like paragraphs long. It's just a simple question. It's like, uh, what would you do in this situation? 
people can comment and people's answers probably won't be any longer and that's the thing it's 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 meant for the everyday person the person who just wants to go about their day and I, i'm not saying that they're feeble-minded or or that they don't want like it's people have different different social media platforms for different reasons i go to facebook whenever i want to talk to family it's my whole family from mexico they're on facebook that's how i communicate with them um, and it's a great way to communicate with family, and, I, and I, that's the way I see it. Um, if I go on Twitter, it's because I just want to smoke what my friends are It's like, hey, yeah. uh, I got a new hat. It's like, oh, cool, I like it. Um, I'm working on something. Chill, you know. Uh, you go on Instagram, whenever people are just posting, hey, you know, just for me, I'm, I'm doing this. Or, like I said, I don't think I, I don't want the, the way people use social media is more important than the social media itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. It, it, it's just, you know, because the social media platform is where everyone likes to go to escape, you know, the world, of course. But this is, like I, like I said, with, you know, companies like Cambridge Analytica using AI technology to influence, influence you as far as the political election, you know, and then you have corporate, you know, entities who will use, you know, advertising bots and, you know, search algorithms to, to target you for specific ads and stuff and manipulate the way that you think and do things. It, it just leads to this nightmare almost uh, of capitalism and, you know, our politics in general, just completely eroding our, our sense of what it means to be alive and just we become another cog in the machine that loses its sense of autonomy. And, and you know, seeing, you know, people not wanting to engage in more deeper conversations on a more fundamental level i guess it's probably not the right word but you know the fact that you don't see it as much is my point that i guess it's a sign of things changing i mean you know as i it's kind of hard because you know with music and art as a whole you know being so common and prevalent on, on like twitter like like before i go into that rabbit hole like how do you use uh, social media for your music nathan like because i i know you post you know your jam sessions and uh you had some concerts up on Facebook that I used to watch about your band playing and the music tracks that you would uh, put out there. But as a whole, as an artist, like how does that affect you? Um, that is a it's it's it, it's it's sort of hard to answer because because I because I you know even though I've been doing music for about five years, I haven't really gotten uh, like crazy big into the whole uh you know like 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 releasing music thing just because uh, a lot of the stuff i've done you know bands that just didn't work out or you know uh you know uh, projects that never really took off you know really the only uh i mean the only thing i ever really released uh as of you know right now is uh is just just some soundtrack stuff that i put on soundcloud you know but um you know i'll uh, I'll, I'll definitely be able to answer that a little bit more hopefully later on this year you know with yeah, yeah. stuff so uh yeah but but i, I mean i but, but but like things have definitely changed uh for sure you know i mean uh uh you know it's uh it, it's it's crazy how much the industry has changed over the last couple of years you know it's uh it's it's, it's always evolving it's really hard to keep up you know it, like like this is this is a good business to to uh um to like to, to really like 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 think ahead like you you have to really anticipate yes, yeah. like trends like 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 where it's going you, you you have to stay ahead of trends you know that's the only way to to keep up you know it's not really much of a much of a bandwagon thing because yeah like 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 that that effect does happen but it doesn't last long enough for it to be a thing you know in, in the music and art 
uh, industry. There's always there's always some new uh, website popping up that everyone's going to, or there's always some kind of you know like it's 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 difficult to uh, to stay ahead of the game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand that, and and from like because uh, I mostly you know follow like digital content creators, you know, and digital artists, or I'll follow some more traditional artists for their paint works and abstract pieces and stuff like that because that's just what I, I grew up with you know yeah. bad photography and, and so they don't really have that same dilemma because they're not trying to catch the, the next trend that would help them you know, and boost their creativity and stuff like that but they do still have to use technology to to advertise and market themselves and gain a following etc like you would with almost any form of entertainment online and, and so how you yeah. use technology on a small scale to large scale where it changes dramatically because of things like you know you're, you're dealing with like let's say apple you know when they're advertising stuff they have millions and millions of dollars to make the most high quality commercials and put it on every device and platform tv your youtube all all your social media you know but whenever you're an independent creator you don't really have that luxury so you're, you're forced to start small and you're forced to use different tactics and you can't just blatantly abuse people's uh, uh ability to just follow trends you have to really like spark something with people yeah. and, and it's that you know genuine quality that i, I think is the problem that because uh, we, we lose it you know when we go to this massive scale you know and it just evolves into more complicated problems that just people now because of the ease of, of technology that has made in their life they don't want to take the hard part and question things and make it better you know because yeah, well, well, I'm I'm really glad you brought the whole like 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 genuine thing because like 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 when it like when it comes like I I, I guess it's like with, like with every art form, but but in particular, um, with, yeah. with like with like film and music, you know, everyone starts out, you know, really humble, you know, like 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 when you have to grind to get your work done, that's when a lot of your best work is gonna be done. That, that's why a lot of people, you know, for like 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 bands or like for for like movies and stuff, it's like oh like they're earlier yeah, exactly. they're better because they were, you know, you know they were grinding at it. You know, they 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 had they had to. You spread the word through, you know, word of mouth, or you know, playing playing in like coffee shops, or, or or like 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 screening their their film at like like their local theater or whatever. You know, it, it's it's not that you know, it's not that when you find success that you're selling out. You know, I'm not one of those people that that, that says that. It's just you know, the, exactly. your your marketing changes. That's that's really all that. Like 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 when someone makes it big, it's not like like they're like they're like there's there's so much better than you. It's just now they have uh, another level of marketing that they're allowed. To do. Yeah, exactly. And it reminds me of uh, two artists in particular who I wanted to bring up. I know we're nearing the end of the episode here, but I want I want to kind of finish the thought process I have right now. Um, like uh, Blink One Eighty Two is probably an example. It is the um, is the example that that came to mind whenever you were talking just now. Um, about like how things change and in relation to how you know success is determined on a small scale versus a large scale. There was uh, you're you're probably gonna have to remind me of this. This has been a very long time since I listened to Blink One Eighty Two, but there was a certain album where they had two songs on there where they basically said, you know what, fuck it, we're just gonna make you know the most poppy song ever, just you know because I think it was like their. Uh, the record label was telling them how they needed to have uh, certain songs that would appeal to more people to get, you know, more listeners and all that. So there was like two songs that they said would they would not care and they would make the most poppy, trendy thing that they could. And those became like two of the most popular songs of all time. And I can't remember what off the top of my head. Yeah. And it's killing. 
Oh, I mean, it, it was it, it was one of those things where you know Blink One Eighty Two is 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 a is a band with a lot of really talented guys in there, but they but they're one of those bands where they're uh, like like when they started out uh, they 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 were, they were talking all kinds of shit about like 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 Green Day and then like like you know Green Day is like you know you know selling out they're all they're doing this and that you know we're staying true and then Blink One Eighty Two went went on to to do a lot of the things that Green Day did. Now I don't fault them for doing that, but but I, but I but I do kind of look at that like well exactly you know it's, it's just it's, uh, like with that aside it was just a, a question of like it it is something to to take note of the fact that those two songs that they did not care about that was specifically designed to just be poppy and trendy is exactly what you know yeah made it to be you know their number one and number two songs for for some time and it it, it yeah it well it goes into well, what i was explaining when like yeah. or trying to explain when you lose a sense of, of genuine quality to become uh, to yeah. become marketable and become easier to get yeah well, 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 well that's what a lot of people have been saying about Blink-182's music for the last couple of couple of years is, is that it doesn't sound yeah. very genuine anymore because uh they 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 like they i, I feel like i feel like i feel like they're one of the bands that is uh, lost their integrity uh, because they just, you know, they're they're one of those bands where they're like, hey, you know, we we, we made it big now, now we can just start, you know, make, make make instead of making songs, now we're making products that we can sell yeah. on the radio. You know, you know that that's an example of a group that has done that. Whereas you look at bands like the Goo Goo Dolls who uh, have consistently just made albums that 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 that, that they want to do. You know, like their their record label. Uh, We'll be like, we'll be like, hey, how, how about you do this? You know, how about you make more songs like Iris and Goo Goo Dolls? Like, you yeah, know, no, we, we don't really want to make another Iris, you know. And that, that, like, that's why, even though, you know, their albums aren't 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 always charting and stuff. I mean, I mean, like, like they're charting, but you know, you know, they're, they're not as big as like you know, Dizzy up the girl and stuff, you know. But but you're gonna hear, you know, people. I I I, I don't know of anyone that, that 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 has had much negative things to say about the band because. You know, even though they're huge, you know, they're they're like millionaires now, and they can make whatever record they want. They can make no records if they wanted to. But uh, right now, the the only thing that 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 they're doing with their fame now is they're just you know now they're like, oh well, why why don't we just put this money into making cool albums that people want to listen to instead of being like, hey, now we can just make really uh, really quick and easy singles for the radio. You know, that's why that's I think that's why one of the reasons why the band has stayed uh, around as long as they have. I feel like if more bands and artists in general just took that approach to it you know take taking the fame thing and applying it to just making your art better instead of it just being like a, a good excuse to just be lazy you know i feel like if more people did what they did uh maybe the whole selling out argument wouldn't be as big of a deal yeah. but it is you know it's, it's nice I mean, and convenient. but at the same time um this was i mean this was happening early 2000s and stuff like that and so 20 years later uh, comes to another example of, of a band that I personally, you know, have followed for some time. Uh, 21 Pilots, which is very mainstream now, but I was listening to them, and I don't want to sound like a hipster, but I was listening to them six, seven years ago, whenever they, the latest album that they had dropped at the time was Vessel. And that song, that whole album meant a lot to me personally, and I was able to follow them throughout the years. And as they have grown, they've had the ability to expand creatively. Um, which they they've done into kind of an ARG style project. I mean, hell, they've been playing live streams of their level of concern songs. But if you watch the live stream, they've got like little ARG elements and games to it and everything. But they have always worked hard to make their music as genuine as possible. 
you know, they have songs specifically yeah. calling out the music industry, you know, forcing them to make songs because it would be more radio friendly and trendy. Even in those songs that are radio friendly and trendy, they are calling out the music industry. And it's, it's hilarious to me, you know, that they... Yeah, well, well, well like, like, like the, the whole the whole Twenty One Pilots thing, I can actually relate to that a lot because they're actually exactly. from here. They're actually from Columbus. Uh, they, 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 uh, they're actually, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're one of the bands that that, that started out kind of the way that, uh, that, 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 that I think more bands should start out. You know, like they would just, it was just like, like the two of them. You know, they, they, they would go to college parties and crash college parties and just start playing like, like little, like impromptu shows and stuff. You know, they fucking. Uh, open for whatever band was playing in town just because they wanted to have fun and it paid off for them you know and they, they, they those guys have stayed true to their music and that's another group where you know I feel like even if you're not a fan of the band a lot of people are like 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 like, like yeah like, like like they're like they're good guys and they, they, they deserve success because they work hard and they stay yeah true. and like you you can just also just appreciate the dedication and hard work that they put into it I mean it's crazy because like for me like they have been able to you know kind of gets me personally with their music um, like I said, Vesta was the first album I was introduced to when I listened to them, and one song that sticks to me to this day is probably uh, Car Radio, which is kind of a weird song, but basically the song is about being stuck in your mind when you don't get to distract yourself, and then the dark thoughts creep in, and then, you know, you don't know what to do with yourself and stuff like that, and, you know, they talk a lot about mental illness and, and you know, being able to find clarity and love and, and, and trust in your friends and everything, and, and you know, whatever source of, of inspiration you have. Because, you know, Tom and uh, uh, Tom, Josh and Tyler, you know, they're both Christians, you know, always happen. And, and so it's, it's one of those things, too. Like, it is nice that, that they didn't turn into, like, just one of those alt-rock Christian bands, you know, but I can, I can respect, the, the you know, their belief and everything. It, it's just, it, it's nice to see that they're willing to, to still be genuine without selling out to one better but i mean yeah i uh you know hopefully hopefully this right here doesn't become like a really a really shitty and awkward time capsule but i i like to think that 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 if i was to make it really big uh that 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 that, that i wouldn't just you know take the easy way out you know be like like oh yeah you know someone needs a radio song all right let me just do that you know i i don't ever see myself doing that i'm like you know if if i ever found fame I, i i i'd like to think that i would uh use it uh, as a force for good, you know, and like, 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 like to, to continue doing uh, music that I believe in and yeah. stuff like that, you know. Well, with the ever evolving, you know, capitalist market and political ecosystem that we have here in America, you know, advancing technology is just only going to open up possibilities for both sides, good and bad. I mean, when it comes to art and entertainment, yeah. when it comes to politics, the military, you name it, there's all kinds of things to worry about and all kinds of things to look forward to. That's there, there's all kinds of minute rabbit holes and discussions worth getting into that we could be here all day for and honestly i could honestly if we didn't have to kind of limit these episodes um but i mean there, there's it's just getting out there seeing what is there technology wise and what people are like and then just make your own opinions i mean because if you don't take the time to think about these things you don't have time to solve problems before they happen because then you gotta you know play catch up once the problems happen and that's ultimately what i i think we should avoid you know we're already having to play catch up with so many problems nowadays because so many people are so easily swayed and everything so many people are so easily distracted that's the issue but 
I, I do still have hope. I do still believe, you know, in the positive side of everything, you know, turning out okay. I, I think we're, we're reaching that period in, in time, as I believe history is cyclical, of course. You know, with this time of great tragedy, I think in the relative future, we're probably going to see a massive change in the, in the right direction. So as dark and horrible as everything is, you know, either it's going to keep getting dark and nothing's going to surprise us, or it's going to get better. I, that's what I see are the two options. You know, either I know what's going to happen or I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. So it's a win-win. I'm trying to be optimistic. No, I know. I'm, but, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, but it is hard to, to be optimistic with how bad everything is. I feel like, I feel like right now, being optimistic is that's what you really do. Uh, oh, we got to be realistic in some no, ways. to some degrees. Yeah, to some I mean, degrees, but I think if we if we try to stay optimistic about the way we use the technology that we're talking about, you know, um, I I'm, I can think of a lot of great ways that we can use. Of course, of course. So, but I, I just you know, you know, it, it just takes us being you know able to be skeptical of problems and being able to work out ways to, to have safeguards against them so we don't have to worry about them. You know, when they come up, we already know how to handle it. We've worked it out. You know, if there's a problem, hopefully it's minimal enough at that point that it's not going to be too damaging and we can fix it. Yeah. You know, but it takes a lot of reconstruction with society for that to happen. It's going to take a whole renaissance of innovation and, and you know, uh, new mindsets that people are going to have to adopt. Mark my words. After all this, I mean, dude, after all, all this is over, because, I mean, the virus is going away at some point. I know it is. We all know it is. Well, yeah, but it's also going to keep coming back. I mean, of course. Yeah. But I feel like we're learning something. I feel like we've, we're definitely learning something. Well, when it comes, this generation is. Well, I mean, we've completely changed how we test vaccines at this point, and we're testing four different prototypes that could be revolutionary to how we do uh testing in the future see there we go but you know medical technology uh, and, and advancements like that i want to specifically focus on uh the future because uh i did have a kind of a loose formatted idea for an episode about you know diseases and, and uh vaccines and stuff like that because when I was looking into that, that um, all the experimental data that's out there and testing that's being done on these new vaccine types is really fascinating, but it, it's a lot of medical jargon and, and stuff like that. So it, it's really how, sim how simple can I make that topic? Because yeah. even I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around certain things. Uh, so we may or may not do that episode. I'm not going to make that promise. Okay. But it's definitely, definitely worth looking into on your own time. I highly recommend it. If, if you're one of those science nerds that just loves to learn, go look into it. You'll have a fascinating, you'll, you'll have a great time. Um, but with that being said, we're, I mean, we're, we're rounding off the episode today here. I think we had a pretty, pretty good conversation. Um, it's just like, like I said, there's so many routes that we could go. It, I think it's just taking us being aware what's coming out and how it can be used because i mean in the 90s like when the internet was exploding google was one of the first companies to realize that your data you know is still there on the internet and you can use that yeah now 30 years later look how we're using it you know so it, it's just being able to have the forethought of what could happen will lead us to be prepared for what could inevitable what, what could be inevitable you know so it's just having the forethought 
you know, is going to be our number one tool. Other than that, I think we just got to keep pursuing life as best we can, you know, because problems are still going to happen. We, we got so much to clean up. It's not going to be cleaned up in a single generation. But I, like I said, we have high hopes. So with that being said, we're, we're tired. I'm ready to go take a nap. With this hurricane coming, I'm ready to sleep through the rain. High rate, yep. Yeah. Because uh, hmm. I can, I've, I've heard it in the distance, but I know Mike didn't pick it up, but there's already uh, some thunder I heard, you know, way off out there. So the hurricane's on its way. We got to get safe. So we'll be fine. It's just going to be flooded for a while. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you live in the Gulf coast area, definitely, definitely get prepared, get your extra batteries, extra food. You could be without like water and electricity for a couple of days. Oh, I heard it too. Yeah. You heard it. Yep. I heard mm-hmm. it. Time to wrap up. So. <laughs> but like I said, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to have a fun episode next week. Uh, as we were supposed to have it this week, um, we are going to be covering the Philadelphia experiments. Uh, some we're going to go back into some military technology. We're going to go back into some uh, classified documents and urban legends, and we're going to talk about a ship that supposedly disappeared and reappeared hundreds of miles away on the same day. That sounds fun. Exactly. So I hope you guys are ready for that one. Uh, I we like I said we were supposed to do it t- this week, but uh, there was some extra information that I was just wanting to verify, and I just didn't feel comfortable bringing it out yet because we were originally going to hold this one off. Um, and switch it around, but due to scheduling, it just worked out better this way. All right. Um, we hope to see you guys next week, and uh, can't wait to see you there. As always, check out our YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date and be able to follow us wherever we go. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. We love you all. Goodbye. Later. <laughs>